Today we watched Left Behind, a movie from 2000. The IMDb summary says, The biblical prophecy of Armageddon begins when the rapture instantly takes all believers in Christ from the earth. A reporter left behind learns that the Antichrist will soon take power. Welcome to Torture Vision. Hi, my name is Anthony Dinar, and this is my co-host, Brandon Hayes. Hello. And uh, Left Behind, it's uh, a movie from the Star Wars Extended Universe. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, we'll get into that later. (laughs) Before we even get into uh, the meat of this episode, uh, I just want to give a disclaimer. Uh, Neither of us are Christian. Uh, We were raised in a Christian household. Uh, We are no longer religious. Uh, That was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. (laughs) Um, This this movie isn't going to be uh, Christian bashing, though. Like, we're going to review the movie for what it is. Yeah, by no means is it going to be philosophical or anything like that. Right, and we're not going to um, really discuss Kurt Cameron and his personal life. Uh, I... I don't really care to get into that. It's it's unimportant. Um, I it, it seems to me that when he makes uh, statements about uh, gays being just horrible, to, horrible human beings, <laughs> or whatever he says, uh, it, it it seems like he he only does that when he wants to promote a movie, right? And uh, and we're saying that because uh, what was it the Grammys or something that just came out. And uh, they married a bunch of uh, uh, gay people during the show. And then, like, immediately after the show, um, it's my understanding from what I've read online, because I didn't watch, you know, the actual Grammys, but... um, I think it was the Oscars or something. The Oscars. It's all the same shit, Some dumb award show. He he basically used that to uh, say, like, hey, what you just saw was bad. By the way, I've got a new movie out, and you should check it out. Yeah, that's it, what it seemed like. It kind of seems like um, he's doing the uh, Ann Coulter style, um, uh, what do you call it? Just just the promotion of uh, of saying his crazy things just to catch the public's attention, and then you sell whatever book or movie or whatever you have. Right. Uh, and and on that note, that's why like he doesn't deserve to have a commentary about his personal life. Yeah, and and I just don't want to get into it. And I also, like, I mean, we've kind of got into it despite saying not we're not <laughs> going to. But I just I, I don't want to um, I don't want to dwell on it. It's it's unimportant. I I don't want to be like Bill Maher, like that. Uh, Bill Maher did a, a documentary called Religious in two thousand eight. And um, he just came across as a big bully. Because well, like he was. Yeah, just attacking Christians for their beliefs. And uh, I, I don't know, it just it came across really, really bad. And I, I don't want this to be that. So we're just going to focus on the movie itself. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was disgusting. He was too harsh. 
Um, and you start rooting negative. for the Christians, even if you don't. I don't believe in Christianity, and I was rooting for the Christians in right. that documentary because he was treating them like absolute crap. Right, and then there's somebody like uh, Dan Merchant who came out with that uh, documentary called "Lord Save Us from Your Followers," like like a guy who just took the middle road and was just a normal person and like from you know i guess my definition like a good christian i guess um which is irrelevant but like that was that was so good to hear somebody just in the middle of the road like i don't care like where you fit on this scale whether you're you know like you know pro-abortion pro-life you know atheist christian muslim jewish it means no difference like as long as you take that middle of the road, and you're just not an asshole. I, I guess I'm just against assholes. Like. Yeah, <laughs> basically. So I, I think we've got it covered. Uh, let's just get into the film now that we got our disclaimer out of the way. If you're expecting us to bash on Kirk Cameron during this. You can just this, quit now. Yeah, because that's not what it's going to be. Uh, this movie had a lot of flaws <laughs> beside uh, anything that you, any sort of... Uh, like, I, I'm not even sure what I was expecting from this movie in the beginning, but um, it had a lot of flaws, and we're going to tear them apart now. I was actually expecting it to be much worse, believe it or not, but it did have lots of problems, and it def definitely, like, fits this uh, this list of ours of, you know, a podcast about bad movies. Right. So the, the movie opens up, and a little Chiron at the bottom of the screen says, Jerusalem, 6 p.m., no, no, six oh three. No, 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 no. The oh. first one said, "I wrote it down." The first one said, "Jerusalem, six p.m." And then we just see, like, basically, it looks kind of like stock footage of Jerusalem as we watch the credits roll. When the credits are over, then we're taken to a new scene where it says, "The Chiron says Iraq, six oh three p.m." Because that's how long it took for the credits to go. It's like the whole three minutes. Like. We, we, did we really need that opening? There was another one where it was like 6.04 p.m. Oh, yeah, they, they kept it going for a while. <laughs> then eventually the Chirons dropped the uh, the time stamp, and they would just tell you, you're in Iraq, you're here, you're there. Maybe it's important because, like, the rapture is supposed to happen, like, right around dinner time. But I, did I really need a time stamp on the, uh, on the credits? <laughs> no. They're not technically supposed to be part of the film. Yeah, yeah, that was fucking weird. I've never seen anything like that before. <laughs> so it's uh, like telling somebody to show up for work at uh, six fifty eight a.m. in the morning. Like, just say seven o'clock. What the fuck? <laughs> right. It was so specific, <laughs> and it meant nothing to the film. But anyway, Kirk Cameron pay plays a um, a news reporter named Buck Williams, and Buck is outside in. Um, is is it Jerusalem? <laughs> no, like there's so many chirons at us. Like I'm not exactly sure where he was. He they're, was in. They're in the middle of the desert. I know that. Okay, it, but it was like in Israel, right? Yeah, I think so. So um, he's outside and he's standing in a, a field of wheat, and he's he's standing next to a scientist uh, who who has made the Eden formula, which allows wheat to be grown anywhere even in the harshest of deserts right so that's why like the the scientist has created this big wheat field and kirk Cameron is there to report upon it and um when then all of a sudden at, during the uh the interview 
planes fly overhead and start bombing the wheat field. Yeah, they bomb nothing. They're bombing the wheat field and, like, a desert massive, landscape. <laughs> massive army. Like, how many planes would you say were in the air? At least 100. Yeah, that's, that's probably good. <laughs> An air raid on absolutely nothing. There's no buildings out there, nothing. The funniest part is they're, they're shooting missiles, but they're missing... Kirk Cameron, they're missing the scientist. They're missing the wheat field. They're <laughs> yeah, just hitting they pure were. desert. And, and and that allows for our hero Buck Williams to run away with the uh, the scientist, and they run straight into a military facility, which is why I thought it must be Israel because they got an underground military facility that's equal to like the United States. Um, like the Pentagon. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely expensive, like, uh, equipment and stuff. They have all these computers and whatnot. Um, but, like, they have a problem where, like, the telephones don't work. Like, they cut out. Um, like, that's not because of, like, their lack of funds or whatever. But I thought that was funny because, like, he was out there doing, a, a like, his reporter job. And they were filming and broadcasting, I guess, live um, of this wheat field because it's, like, hey, we can end world hunger, this would be great, you know? Like, this is, like, breaking news. And then, like, they have a problem after the bombing, which makes sense, you know? Like, like maybe they hit, like, some lines out there <laughs> amongst, like, most of this, the vacant desert. They, they happen to hit one of the things that they required for uh, communications. Right, they hit everything but the wheat, so... <laughs> that's, why every, that's why the communications are dead. But then, like... After, like, the bombing starts, he, like, once he rushes inside, he grabs, like, the same camera again, and then he goes outside to do, like, hey, this just, you know, just in, like, there's bombings happening, like, there's an air raid. Well, it's even, it's even worse than that, because, first of all, they both run into the military facility, and there's no opposition, no soldiers saying you can't come in here. They just run right in. And then the military is like, oh, my God, the phone lines are down. We're being attacked. Especially during an attack, How... you think their security would be tight. Like, dude, you can't come in here. You're the press. Like, we don't know who you are. Right. And how did, how did like, 100 planes get the jump on this military complex? <laughs> they had no advance warning. There was no radar, no nothing. They were just taken by complete surprise. Yeah. And then they don't even have any visuals outside. They can't see what's going on outside. And so that's when Kirk Cameron grabs his uh, camera and runs outside. He's like, I'm going to take footage. And that's how they get footage of what's going on outside. And, and the rest of the world. <laughs> so, like, they have right. no communications except somehow Kirk Cameron can broadcast his, this live image. His <laughs> camera is unaffected by any sort of technological problems. <laughs> and, and, and he also just runs right out with the camera. Like, they don't stop him. They're like, no, 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 this military base is locked down. Yeah, you were lucky to get inside. Now you think we're going to open the doors and let you out? Exactly. They, somebody did say, like, I think it was a girl. Like, you can't go out there. You'll die. Like, oh. Was she military? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> the military's cool. She she had no say. <laughs> the military has this weird, you know, thing throughout the movie, actually. But I want to ask you, like, this isn't a futuristic film, right? No, and this it's meant to be taken in, in normal time. It was in... Uh, the year 2000 when it was released and during the time 
in a future scene, we see a, a young kid playing with a Game Boy, a regular Game Boy. It was uh, you're you're actually like maybe a little too old for this. That was a Game Boy Color, which what? like <laughs> yeah. Are you it, sure? It's still uh, like yeah. It, it wouldn't it still be outdated? Shouldn't he have been playing with a DS or I don't know. No no no. Oh whatever. I don't know. But it was a Game Boy Color, and so like that means that. Like like roughly in the year two thousand, I had a Game Boy Color or oh, so maybe they got it right. So like like that that part kind of makes sense. But I was like a poor, you know, like I wasn't I wasn't poor, but I wasn't rich either. But like that that was like you know like like perfect timing for them to have a Game Boy. Um, but yeah, it was it was a Game Boy Color. Not that that matters. <laughs> I just added. This is some... Tech Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I just added some useless information <laughs> to this podcast. We're wasting time talking about Game Boy Color today. <laughs> it's still better than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was playing Game Boy Color. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, it is in uh, modern times, and um, so when Kirk Cameron is outside taking. Um, footage of this massive air assault uh he like for no reason whatsoever this like old wizard pops out of nowhere (laughs) fucking gandalf shows up (laughs) and he says he quotes a bible passage that um doesn't make any sense to to kirk cameron it was in english too yeah he was speaking in english and he, (laughs) he quotes a bible passage from what i understand i they they weren't perfectly clear on that but the way he was speaking it sounded like a bible verse yeah and um and kirk cam is completely oblivious to what what's being said and then he just lets the the old wizard walk away like the the guy just disappears he doesn't (laughs) say like hang on you can't leave or hang on please explain what you just said um i i don't understand your cryptic words the, the wizard just leaves. Maybe he's just used to, like, people random, like rambling nonsense. <laughs> I guess. We'll get into that later. One of his uh, regular uh, contacts as a reporter is a rambling idiot, but <laughs> we'll get to him in a minute. The, uh, as, the, um, as he's watching the old man disappear, then all of a sudden the airstrike just gets destroyed for no reason yeah they're just blowing up in space like or in the uh in the atmosphere just like like the ship itself is just blowing up and all the like pieces of the aircraft are falling down on the ground and and they see no one shooting the in no one in the military complex is firing back these planes are just exploding for no reason right and then all of a sudden you see the radar in the military place and it's like this perfect sphere around them where all like the aircrafts are are like blowing up so it's like a force field or whatever that's up and like they all hit the wall because they're all blowing up within the same like circumference yeah that's exactly what it, it looked like it's kind of like if the military complex had a force field a dome shape uh then these these planes were like hitting the dome uh and then after that happens, we just cut back to life as normal. Kirk Cameron is now home. He's no longer in Israel. Um, that that weird thing that happened that he documented for the whole world to watch. <laughs> no one is really questioning it, and it's never brought up again. Yeah, nobody's talking about this crazy anomaly. Like, yeah, we never identified what nation launched those planes. Oh yeah, Nothing. you're right. Nothing. 
there's no it's just did you enjoy that that fireworks show okay well now here's our movie yeah and i kept thinking like how is he not getting hit by like the shrapnel of like the airplanes like pieces or whatever falling from the sky like how he survived like that was that was dumb too whatever so well he was standing in the wheat field right (laughs) that was the safe zone (laughs) yeah so like like the next the next thing that i remember after that is like his boss says something about uh um like being one step closer to having a uh um like a, a one world currency because korea and uh, the euro are now like europe one. europe and korea have merged their currencies <laughs> which one like north korea south korea like no, define your korea. terms yeah korea has apparently merged in and they're just one nation so which one now, won was it north korea or well, is it south, must have been korea south because why would uh europe merge with the oh with yeah north? you're right so okay yeah so south korea like like took over won the war whatever took over the entire korea now it's just korea i guess i don't know <laughs> maybe those were north korean planes that were flying against israel oh and then when they all blew up then like, they had no more army and then the south just yeah, marched upward we just solved this problem oh nice. yeah <laughs> nice okay so now that makes sense and meanwhile uh so now that they kurt has learned that the uh the currency has emerged that that's apparently a bad thing because i guess in the bible it says that uh, the world will work under one currency beats I, me i don't know i again i'm not christian so i i'm i'm not well versed is it a bad thing that like all the states in the united states share like well, the dollar that's another thing that i'll get to like there was no once okay well we'll get to it once once we get to the chaos part of this review <laughs> I'll, I'll explain that's the whole movie <laughs> no it's not because now, now everything's gone back to normal after that airstrike and Kurt is watching the footage he recorded of the old wizard. And now the old wizard is speaking in... Hebrew or something. Something like that. And he can't decipher it. And he's like, oh, I, I heard that in English. That wasn't uh, uh, any kind of foreign language. I understood what that guy said. I mean, I understood the words. I didn't understand the context. But I could, <laughs> we were kind of having a conversation. Right. And, um, and now... Now that uh, what what causes the the chaos now? Like after this point, um, like next thing I remember is they, like you you shoot to this family who's gonna have like the birthday for this little boy who's oh, the yeah. one who's playing the Game Boy Advance or whatever, and um, and then like he's a pilot, so he's like I gotta go to work. Well, I thought you had to go to work at like midnight or whatever. It's like yeah, they called me in and. Like, we were questioning, is he, like, a military pilot or something? But no, he's just just... a commercial, you know, like, airliner uh, pilot, and he's got to go to work. And and so he's like, I'll, uh, I'll, like, bring you some stupid helmet or something for your birthday. (laughs) The kid wants a helmet. (laughs) He didn't just say, like, I'll bring you a stupid helmet. It was established the kid wanted a helmet from somewhere. So he can ride it on the school bus? I don't know. (laughs) So the dad <laughs> says, okay, yeah, like, when I come back from my flight, I will have your birthday gift. And the kid's all upset. Do you have to leave now? He's like, yeah, if you want the helmet, dummy. <laughs> sure, I have to leave to pick it up. He's like, okay, I guess. Yeah. And it's... 
even the really... daughter gives him shit too like yeah like... and then she's like you're gonna leave the house you're gonna leave us behind and he basically says like yeah i i have to go to work I can't that's be all how, freeloaders like you. <laughs> that's how I pay the mortgage. <laughs> he specifically mentioned that. Like, yeah, I have to go to work. I don't understand why so many movies use that as an excuse to show how the father is quote-unquote bad. Like, he's neglecting his family. No, he's not. You live in a very nice house. You're yeah. doing very well. The kid can afford a Game Boy Advance. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, When it was new. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> cutting edge video game technology <laughs> it's like you want me to quit my job and then you'll be stuck with a, a virtual boy <laughs> i gotta pay Whoa. the bills somehow oh all of a sudden you mentioned something worse than this movie <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he uh he leaves for work and he's an asshole for it i guess and um and then he's flying in his plane uh, and in mid-flight, that's what I have. Is Kirk Cameron is he? He books a. Uh, he's he's on the plane with the father, uh, with the pilot father, and uh, they don't know each other yet. The pilot's just driving to wherever, and um, and then the plane gets struck by the rapture. And, well, the world gets struck. Well, by the, the world. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fine. The world gets struck by the rapture. And people disappear. Only Which, their clothes are left behind. Okay, I was going to ask you about this during the movie, and it was really hard not to. Mm -hmm. So, like, he's sitting. It's a big, big airplane. It's one of those where you have, like, three seats in the middle, and then you have, um, like, two or three seats on each side. So it's, like, one of those planes that have two, like, aisleways. The, and, the kind they usually reserve for international flights. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the... Um, the, like the thing that I found interesting is like he wakes up or something like like Kirk Cameron is asleep and uh, from you know working on his story or whatever um, and like the the old woman that's in the aisle to the like to the right of him she's like um, excuse me like where's my husband where's my husband and he's like oh like I'm sure like he just went to the bathroom or something like which is a normal assumption yeah like, but if he's like, gone where else could he go she freaked out right away because like she just woke up too because it's like a um a flight in the it's a red eye or whatever they call it and um and he's like yeah he's probably just to the bathroom or something like just calm the fuck down and she goes could you go look for me it's like oh like why did i yeah i yeah. even bring it up old bag like I'll go look for him <laughs> and then he gets up and she then hands him uh, a piece of clothing, like a jacket or something, it says. It looked you... like one of those shitty fucking airline blankets that are practically see-through. Okay, yeah, that's probably what it was. And she's like, "Can you take this with you? I think he he must be naked because all his clothes are lying beside me." And then you now, see the clothes. Then the camera pans into the seat that's been between them the entire conversation. <laughs> And you see that there's a full suit of clothes. There. Yeah, so you agree. Like, that wasn't there before until she mentioned it. Well, it was there. The camera just avoided it for dramatic effect. Yeah, but you and would have seen it. Like you said, it was between the two. I mean, <laughs> like, the camera's looking right at the old woman and the, the empty seat next to her where her husband was sitting. Right. So then he's like, oh, that's kind of weird. His whole uh, suit is there. Yeah, sure, I'll take this blanket. I won't take the suit. I'll take the blanket you've given me, and then now I'll walk to the bathroom to see if I can find the guy and drape it around him. And then he starts noticing that 
there's clothing all over the place. Yeah. And at this point, I'm I'm willing to suspend disbelief and say that uh, Kirk Cameron's character doesn't know what the rapture is because he's not a religious guy. But all throughout the movie, this was bothering the crap out of me. No one knows what's happening. Now, like we grew up in a religious uh, family, but we uh, we didn't believe in the rapture. But I've always been aware of what it is. Yeah. How come no one in this entire universe knows what the rapture is? I don't it's know. not until fifty six minutes in that you counted. Yeah. <laughs> 56 minutes before the rapture is even hinted at as an explanation. And then it's an hour and 12 minutes before it's actually explained to us. And then it's explained to us so poorly that uh, the, the writer is probably like, ah, they know what the rapture is. We don't have to explain it. Well, yes, you do. If you're treating us like idiots to begin with, then explain to us the rapture as if we were children. Because yeah, or, or maybe it, this is the first time I've heard about it. Like, they always talk about how... Well, and that's the way the, the characters in the movie acted. Like, this is the first time they've ever heard about it. And yet, we, we're explained the rapture really, really badly. <laughs> like, if the point of this movie was to teach people the, the ways of uh, Kirk Cameron's religion, then wouldn't they use this time to, to really lay it out uh, in full? To yeah. tell you what the rapture actually is but no they, they do it really really badly using bible verses so the, the language is all old and outdated like at least update that and explain it to us in modern terms <laughs> like like the uh, the teen version bible that we saw in there <laughs> yeah one of the characters has a, a bible for teens and we were laughing about what that must be like when uh, like the, or they, do they rewrite the whole thing to uh like what, what were some of the things we said it's like and then jesus says awesome yeah <laughs> like that. oh man what the devil did was totally whack yo <laughs> <laughs> but like let's pretend like i never heard about the rapture before like you know like constantly talk about hey let's spread the word let's spread the word um make sure like everyone has like had equal opportunity to you know, hear about Jesus Christ, our Savior. Um, like, let's pretend I never heard about it. This is the first time. They did a really piss-poor job on really explaining that. And I was going to ask you, in the plane scene, like, when the when the old man disappeared, like, did they all disappear simultaneously? Or were they, like, disappearing at different times? No, because... I think they all disappeared simultaneously. And the only reason no one reacted to it is because it was during nighttime. Like, everyone was asleep. And only certain people were waking up. Like the old woman woke oh. up first, and then she woke up Kirk Cameron. And then when he got up, he noticed other people were missing. And then slowly others realized that their loved ones or just passengers nearby were missing. And the whole plane started to freak out. Okay. Oh, so then um, then what happens is there's, there's a guy who... Um, <laughs> he's just a, a random guy. He's sitting, a, a random passenger. He's... Uh, holding a, a little pillow he's he's like cradling a little <laughs> pillow and holding a, a, a small tumbler glass of whiskey he's he's very afraid to fly yes that's what we we got from his excellent acting work and i was gonna ask you why is he afraid to fly because like he might die yes so what does he do when he realizes everyone's missing he tries well, he to starts open to panic and he does what any of us would do <laughs> 
<laughs> he's like, I want off this plane before I disappear too. So he goes to the emergency exit and starts to try to open the door. Where he would proceed to die about the thing that he's afraid but that would happen. But he wouldn't disappear. Uh. <laughs> so, of course, we're trying to open the door. He can't open the door. Kirk Cameron jumps on top of him. And then the uh, the pilot we've been introduced to, he also, why he's not in the cockpit, I don't know. But he's just wandering about. He, he jumps on top of the guy, too. And the they both pin down this this lunatic, and somehow the plane like they get everyone in the plane to uh, to sit in their seats, and then they eventually land the plane. <laughs> it's funny, like we, we don't even know what happens. Like after they took the guy, they like pin him down on the ground, and like they're all holding his arms down, and then they cut scene. Like you have no idea what happened to that lunatic. Like like did they handcuff him or something? How do you, how is he gonna be like fine for the rest of the flight? Because like the they pilot, up, they they took all the discarded clothes and they tied him up with it. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened. Oh man, this this movie was awful. So the plane lands. Oh, we're still going. <laughs> yeah. So the plane lands and uh, everyone evacuates. Now we watch Kirk Cameron and the pilot uh, walk through the chaos that is the airport. It's it's like everyone's fighting one another. It's just. Uh, just bedlam you know and uh kirk cameron tells the pilot like i need to get to new york can you fly me to new york it's an emergency no that everything's grounded we're pretty much out of commission yeah and um kirk cameron's like oh please like you gotta help me and the pilot says well you saved my ass back on the plane by subduing that guy and i had to think about it like what the fuck are they talking about like like saved his ass like oh oh must have been that guy like it took me a while to like realize what the hell he was talking about because it was so like downplayed and again you don't know what happened to the guy like if he would have just opened the door yeah it would have sucked like like people it's a vacuum you know basically like the air pressure is different and uh and he would have been sucked out of the plane like would have that that have killed everybody i don't know and i don't really care i guess but like you saved my ass like i had to really think about what the fuck was he talking about and then after asking you you're like yeah it must have been like the the crazy guy who was trying to open the emergency hatch right so they once he says you you saved my life let's uh i i owe you i'll um i won't take you to new york because i can't but you can come home with me so Cameron goes home with him. Very homoerotic. Maybe that's why he stayed like after the rapture. There was nothing homoerotic about that. But you know what? That that brings up another point that I'll just go into now. The rapture is supposed to take all the good people, right? Right. All the people that lived properly and believed in Christ. So all the rejects like you and me are left behind. <laughs> now, like, I'm still debating if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, you and me, like, we would still, in, in the face of some kind of catastrophe, we would still, I would like to think, act like human beings. We wouldn't, like, go rape and pillage because we're like hey, speak for yourself can. man it's a joke so yeah there would be good people left <laughs> people who only mildly sinned you know like right like you know the the masturbators and what, <laughs> yeah. you know, like i i like to do that from time to time 
doesn't mean like I, I can't be civil. <laughs> you're obviously, not, you're not raping and pillaging right. anybody. Yeah. So, so the uh, it, it would go to reason that there are still good people left on Earth. But right. where were all the bad people? Shouldn't the bad people have just gone even worse? Shouldn't there be rioting? Shouldn't it be like the warriors in the streets right yeah. now? Yeah, you know what? You bring up a really good point because, like, you would have, like, also the worst of the worst, and you think they would outnumber those mildly good people, right? So you have, like, you have all the good good people who left, and then you have, like, those mildly good people who, like, just didn't get raptured who arguably are going to be taken, the, like, the second time around that the rapture comes. So, like, like all those, like, murderers or rapists, like, all those, like, hardcore, really bad people are going to be there to, I don't know, like, out outnumber, like, the few good people that are left. Well, and you say the, the, the people uh, who are waiting for the second rapture. This is something, like... I knew of the rapture. I've seen plenty of people driving around in their cars and they got the bumper sticker that says, like, in case of rapture, uh, this car will be unmanned, so be aware. You know, it's it's common knowledge. But one thing I didn't know was that there would be, like, I don't know, what, what was it, like seven years or something, and then uh, there would be a second judgment. I don't know how long it would be, but, yeah, I think it was So I, I, like I wasn't that. aware of that there was a second judgment period where God would come back and say, like, okay, you guys left on planet hell. Um, I'll take, you know, a couple more of you if you lived the good life during these uh, these last however many years. Well, so, I, I like, think you I, just have to ask for his forgiveness or whatever. Like, you just have to, like, embrace him in your see, heart. You see how we're making up our own rules right now? Because we don't know. Right. Well, we because so, because every religion, like, there's so many different fractions of Christianity. We were talking about uh, that actor, one of the Baldwin brothers. Like, how come, like, he's not in these movies? It's like, they probably don't agree on, like, the right form of Christianity or whatever. And Right, so Stephen Baldwin might not like Kirk Cameron. Yeah, and it was, it was also but, kind of fucked up that, like, the people who were left on the plane, like, did you see that, like, guy with the turban and then that super, like, like African. The, the woman with the African, very African guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, of course they didn't get to go. It's like, Jesus, like, how insensitive. Like, I get this. Okay, it's like a Christi- Christianity, like, world here, universe that we're living in in this movie. Um, but, like, like you're you're telling me that, uh, that, like, you couldn't even agree within the same, like, faction of Christianity? Like, the... the what's his name the father pastor whatever the fuck you want to call him um didn't even get uh saved in the rapture right and we like, haven't he even was, introduced that character he yet. was the head of the congregation so like and they never once explained it like what the fuck he did and why he was like not accepted the first time like this movie literally did nothing it was super vague but then like it hit all those key points um, that uh, that are in the Bible that they like to go by, and and none of the other ones that contradict that. It was it was just but, garbage. Yeah, it, it the problem I was getting at with the the people like why are they all good? Like okay, so the the one pilot character he cheated on his wife with a stewardess. Right. So now we know why he wasn't uh, saved. Although like he was still a good guy, but that's his only sin really that we're introduced to. Right. Uh, Kirk Cameron. We never learn what his sin was. Right. Or the pilot's daughter. Or, like, or why was she still around? Yeah. Or, well, because she didn't believe, like, her mom was a Christian. 
and her mom oh yeah she used to make tried to get her to go to church and read the bible and because she wouldn't she didn't go so her story was also gotcha uh, it made sense sort of but um we don't know why kirk cameron didn't go we don't know why the the preacher uh character didn't <laughs> kirk, go kirk the, cameron the preacher, didn't go because he was the middle of the line good guy like he wasn't he, a crazy radical but, like but thinking, <laughs> like him as an actor probably said i don't want to look like a bad guy sure i'll be like left behind but i don't want to have any vices that make me look bad I think that's probably why he did it. He didn't want to be an actor when, when yeah, when, <laughs> when he uh, was in a bar scene talking to to some guy about this uh, world conspiracy that we haven't even talked about yet. But when he's talking to this guy, he's uh, he's sipping this beer, and like that's the, that's as bad as he gets. He like because he sipped a beer. Oh, that that's why he stayed behind. He just sipped the foam off of the beer. <laughs> Could we at least have a, a, a lengthy scene where he says, like, Christians are stupid or, like, why do you even believe in faith? Right. Or, like, or he's too obsessed with money. Like, there was that one scene when he goes outside it way back in the beginning and he's watching the, um, the airplane assault and uh, instead of capturing all the, the footage of the planes, he puts his own face in front of the camera. He's like, hey, this is his character, <laughs> Buck Williams. He's like, hey, this is Buck Williams reporting live from, you know, the wheat fields. It's and, like, just shoot the raw footage. Yeah, Don't no put your wants, ugly mug on the face No of one that. wants to see your face. They want to see the action, dummy. <laughs> but maybe that's why. Maybe it was like pride. Yeah. It's a sin. Yeah, so that's maybe true. maybe that's why he stayed behind because he wow. was he was too full of pride. You're looking way too deep into this. You're giving like more credit than what the script deserves. But uh, but I like how after the rapture, when you would think just the bad people are left, there's like electricity's still running. People still have televisions. They're still watching uh, the UN press conferences because <laughs> everything's okay. Apparently, everyone in the world who. Uh, who makes things that we're accustomed to, like the microwave or whatever, like, they're all sinners. <laughs> so, Everyone who produces anything mildly, like, useful in this cell, universe. Cell phones still work. Everything's yeah. fine. All we've done is really gotten rid of a lot of uh, overpopulation, <laughs> which is kind of funny because the whole uh, core of this movie is like uh, people wanting control of the Eden formula, which creates more food so they could feed more populace. But if half the populace disappeared, wouldn't it be easier than ever now to feed what's left? Yeah. And Why then, would you even need the Eden formula at this point? Right. There's so much leftover food and so many less mouths to feed. We're kind of in a paradise. Yeah, so we're, like, tipping, like, the iceberg here of the global conspiracy. Like, yeah, they want to... They want to control the the world's like food source. So <clears throat> if the population goes down, or maybe it's like very few people left. But no, that's not true because like every scene with like that beginning of the rapture, like you know, there's a big portion of the community that's gone, especially like all the children. <laughs> yeah, all the children left. Yeah. They were all perfect. Um, but like, yeah, if they were trying to control like the food source, like you would literally have to prevent other people from being able to grow like their own food and to survive on their own like like i i get it like america the the world in general like like there's a lot of parasites out there like there's a lot of people who live off the system who don't really produce anything and we didn't see any parasites though in this film 
Well, I'm we just... We didn't see any hardcore, like, bikers. No, we or didn't. Or any uh, gangs of uh, rioters. Well, because no bikers or anybody who looks mildly rough goes to the church that, like, they pulled from the cast. So <laughs> this cast, yeah, I guess. But they couldn't even make even one character just pure evil. Uh, well, they did, technically. Well, at the end. But, yeah. Um, which, like, the, the main plot point we're kind of skipping over is, like, the... the the people that are left there's no mention of america really i i know that being americans ourselves uh the the country and its people tend to be very egocentric think we're the center of the world which we are aren't we (laughs) the world uh throw our policies in everyone else's faces we think that we're the best and you know granted uh, like i do like this country but um i do think that we're plenty pompous at times I do understand why a big portion of the world doesn't like us. However, having said that, we are a major player in the game. Yeah, especially because so why... we're funding like the all that money that's going to that military base in Israel, right? Like we're sending a ton of money there. Right. So, so why was there no mention of like after the rapture happened and everyone's scared, doesn't know what's going on? There was not one scene of the president of the United there States. There was one scene. You're wrong, but was you're there? you if you you were you were head on with everything. I was agreeing with with what you were saying, except right there. There's one spot. Um, the president is dead or missing. That's what they said. Like like okay. They so just, what about the vice president? They just dis- what about uh, secretary of state? What about the secretary of education? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, president. Uh, Rosalind, Rosalind. <laughs> to, uh, to tell us that the United States is fine. Every kind of uh, political I, I anything we hear in this whole movie is done by some Russian dude named Nikolai <laughs> Carpathia, who uh, who is the head of the UN. Now apparently he's the the ma- like the controller of the world. Well, he's the Antichrist. The American government has completely <laughs> disappeared, and yet th- this movie mostly takes place in america and we see the military still running about yeah we doing see their thing they constantly go back from chicago to new york and like other major cities and stuff So the world seems to be doing fine and the military is all over the place and the military is even has a curfew as kind of martial law but they have a curfew where they uh they yell at, at the men like they don't like like Kirk Cameron tries to talk to a military guy. Military guy pulls his gun and says, "Get back in your house! Get back in your house! Get away from me!" Well, in so his Kirk defense, Cameron backs away. That wasn't his house in but his still, defense, but it still, yeah. The, the military guy's like, "Get get away from me!" And Kirk Cameron at gunpoint's like, "Okay, no problem, dude. I'll I'll back away." And the military drives off. But then the rest of the movie, anytime a hot chick wants to arrive from the military, it's personal no problem. It's their personal taxi cab service. <laughs> military only deals with hot chicks. <laughs> but if the military is running, that means the president is running, which you would think you would see more of the president of the yeah. United States. No, there was just that one line. Like I said, you were right on everything you said except you know, you said they didn't even put out one line. That was the one line. It's like the president is dead or missing. <laughs> And that was it. Like it was, it was a throwaway. Like, like nobody sat down and thought about like the holes in this in this plot or story. Like it was just, it, they they had uh, an image in their head of where they wanted to take this, and they weren't gonna stop. You know, hell or high water, they were gonna make it to you know like their final goal, and and that's why the the movie failed. 
Yeah. So so then the bad guy, Nikolai Carpathia, who's head of the UN, eventually becomes head of the world. He becomes God, and he makes it, it basically like what else would you call his title? Yeah, he like he's he, not... he turns into the Antichrist, or I guess he is, or turns into it. I guess that's debatable, but it doesn't really matter. But the, he, he takes the Buck over Williams, the world, and then the, the the rest of the the countries all come together and work under him. He's like, I'll make you up. Like before, you were just like leaders of your own little factions. I'll make you now kings and queens. Well, he is a Jedi Master. Yes. <laughs> During his, his big uh, speech when he brings everyone together and he's like, I will give you all power, uh, Kirk Cameron is there. And uh, he's, he's the, uh, uh, the media liaison of this group. And he just sits there and watches as now this guy, Nikolai Carpathia, who has a Russian accent, by the way. That's another thing I wanted to mention. He's got a Russian accent, like... Was that just to demonize Russia? Like, why couldn't the uh, the character in this story be the president? Yeah, they didn't want America to look bad. Anybody, I mean. So they, but they're okay making the Russians look bad. So yeah. Nikolai Carpathia, the Antichrist, he uh, he gathers these people together, says, "I will make you kings and queens," and then um, they're all on board, except for there's a couple guys in uh, Nikolai's uh, faction who uh, who helped rise Nikolai to power. Nikolai now turns on them and shoots them both in front of everyone. And then everyone's horrified for a second or two and Nikolai uses his Jedi mind tricks to make everyone okay with it. He even does the thing that Darth Vader like does um, he, you know, like chokes people or whatever. In this movie uh, Nikolai uses his Jedi mind tricks to like I don't know, squeeze a blood vessel in that old uh, scientist's brain and makes him sit down. He, like, grabs his head, like, oh, it hurts. Like, like the guy's, like, a, a Jedi Master. And, like, I guess the only reason that he doesn't have any power over Buck Williams, the Kirk Cameron character, or uh, those two individuals um, who helped bring Nikolai to power is because, like, maybe they like had a change of heart and like they're now following god <clears throat> or jesus no and so, those two people that helped <clears throat> nikolai rise to power they were just upset because they wanted to be the on top okay they so they wanted to run they wanted to move uh, nikolai like a puppet and when nikolai's like i'm not the puppet you're my puppets right so okay like fine i'm glad you took that position because now i can argue it because like if they were evil pieces of shit, then, like, he could use his Jedi mind powers to control them. He didn't have to kill them. They would have been pawns for Nikolai, and he could use them for whatever he wanted to. So, like, like my, He my... wanted to show the people that he was in power. He wanted but, to say, like, look, look at what I can do. I'm so powerful, I can shoot these two guys in front of you. For a split second, and then make and then them all... their brains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then after he shoots everyone, he's like, you see? You see I'm in power? And everyone's like, yes, yes, that we see. And then he changes their brains so they only remember the good version where these two people basically killed themselves. Yeah. So, like, that's my argument is that God was protecting those three at the table because, like, they don't need faith now. They have fact. So, like, okay, shit, the rapture's real. Christianity is real, apparently. So, like, I'm gonna, you know, not go on faith because I don't need it anymore. I got fact. So... <clears throat> they like you know accept Jesus in their hearts or whatever 
and uh, and then now like Nikolai has no control over them, and that was the only thing that Buck Rogers or sorry, <laughs> Buck Rogers. <laughs> I wish he was in this. <laughs> um, Buck Williams, the Kirk Cameron character, um, like that was the only like thing that he used to like protect himself was like I don't want Nikolai to know that like I accepted Jesus and therefore he can't control me. Like again, I'm giving way too much credit now to this because that wasn't even explained. No, it wasn't. It wasn't, but like for him to even get to the um, to that UN meeting, I thought was funny. Is like, like what was the like the the pilot of of that? Uh, like he was a cheater, and like his daughter is still you know there. So like they're both like sinners, and they were left in the rapture. Like he becomes friends with the Kirk Cameron character because like he saved his ass like from that guy trying to open the emergency hatch. When he goes to the house, he's like, okay, I need. Um, I need to get to, like, that UN meeting. Well, like, I know this friend who's a, like, personal pilot. He's got his own airplane. So then he goes to see that friend, but then that friend is, like, taking bids, and he's, like, looking for the highest bidder, but, like, Kirk Cameron is so, like, insistent on making it to the UN for this meeting because he needs, like, he's slowly cracked, like, the code and figured out that, uh, you know, like, this is... uh, the rapture's real and the antichrist is coming he needs to prevent like all this stuff from happening and you know unbeknownst to him he actually helps it um like get there which i guess you know if i believed in christianity which at this point he does like you you can't fight it right you have to embrace it because like these changes are going to come uh whatever you just get in an endless loop or vortex of stupidness if you go down that road but um when he's sitting there and they're all taking bets like this guy is a um, is a reporter, and he he pays. Well, he says he's gonna pay the airline or the the um, the pilot. The pilot. He's gonna pay the pilot twenty five grand on a reporter's salary. Like, give me a break. Well, that was in that scene when everyone is like, "Oh, we we need to. Go, I need to go here. I need to go there." People are just asking this one pilot. And he's like, "Hey, I got a small plane. I can only take." You know one or two of you uh i'm going i'll fly for the highest uh, bidder and people are saying like i've got 400 i got 500 bucks i and got so a thousand one guy holds up his uh his debit card and he's like yeah or credit card and he says like hey i you know i'll t- i'll whatever you want and the guy's like no cash only because you know in this world apparently credit cards are garbage but cash still works perfectly fine <laughs> so uh, that's when kirk cameron comes up and says like yeah i've got uh you know 2500 bucks it's like really do you just walk around with that kind of cash in your no, pocket he said 25 grand or okay well whatever it, it even like do you carry all that money on you no there's not a like and then he never once the pilot never once says like okay show me yeah show pay me, me the up money. front yeah never show me the suitcase full of money you've got and then uh we never see that scene because of course they can't it, like it, with such a high amount Kirk Cameron just realistically doesn't have that kind of cash on him. Right, but somehow he gets the flight and he goes to where he's going because we mentioned he was at the UN meeting. So where did he come up with the 25 Gs? And he never showed, like, they, they never once showed the scene where they pay the pilot. Like, what the fuck? No. They, the movie constantly lets you down by having Not this... Not explaining anything. Yeah, it's a vortex of stupid. Like, you would just, you would never get out if you if you wanted to, like like go scene by scene like you would be in an end endless loop yeah i 
I mean, I, I'm pretty much done with this. There's so much more I could rip upon, like, that we didn't even talk about the Dirk Burton character who had uncovered the mystery to begin with that uh, Nikolai Carpathia was trying to take over the world. And the only and thing... With little, like... Uh, 007 watch that also doubles as like a, a storage device for his tiny CD. Uh, yeah, it was, it was like the even... size of a quarter, but yet it held everything on his computer. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the, any of that. Or that the um, or the assassin who kept trying to kill Kirk Cameron through the entire movie, who <laughs> then shows Kirk up Cameron, at the end. Yeah, Kirk Cameron's trying to, to uncover this mystery about uh, Nikolai Carpathia. He's not sure that this guy is evil for the longest time. As he's trying to figure out like what these guys are trying to do to take over the world, um, he, uh, I don't know, it, there were so many things wrong with that, I don't even know where to start, like in how to condense it enough to, to explain it. No, it's not worth explaining. Like, no. like the, the, the assassin tries to kill him throughout the whole movie, and then he shows up at the end, when... Basically, I'll just say this. Dirk Burton is the guy who knows all the answers. He gets in touch with Kirk Cameron real early on in the movie and says, like, oh, I, I know what the government... They're, they're trying to form a new government, trying you... to take over the world. I've got all the information on my tiny little watch CD. That I won't give you. Yeah. And Kirk's <laughs> like, okay, well, give it to me. No, I can't give it to you. Okay, well, thanks then, Dick. So then later on... Meanwhile, uh, you did a way Burton. better job like explaining that than that guy did originally in that scene, which is like our favorite clip that <laughs> we're going to play for you at the end Just of this. him rambling like a fucking lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Kirk Cameron doesn't have that CD, and later on he's like, you know what, I think I do need that CD. I think I need that information. So he goes to Dirk Burton's house, and uh, he sees that Dirk Burton is dead, shot in the head. And so he's like, well, he's dead, but like maybe I can still find that information. And then he gets shot at by a, a sniper outside the window of Dirk Burton's house. And this uh, sniper assassin, he can't shoot Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron's dodging all the bullets. Like this expert sniper cannot kill uh, Kirk Cameron. Yeah, at one point he tries to and, kill him with a car bomb. And... But somehow Kirk Cameron is able to take Dirk Burton's entire computer... With giant fucking CTR monitor included, <laughs> and uh, and he takes it back to his home, and then he starts looking at uh, Dirk Burton's files. And he's like, "Oh wow, he was really onto something. I wish he would have given me this tiny CD from the beginning." <laughs> and then uh, I like how he took the monitor. Like, there's no... the, yeah, there's no reason to take that giant ass monitor. You could tell take the us... computer tower, and that's it. Yeah, you could tell us a bunch of idiots who thought like there was something special about a monitor. So, but like the do you <laughs> those two girls that were helping him like so you're you're concluding that that monitor was was his? I think so. I, it I had big char marks on it where <laughs> where the uh, sniper shot at Kirk Cameron and missed Kirk Cameron but hit the monitor. The monitor exploded. So and yet, it, still works just fine. It still works. <laughs> so he's a very very bad assassin. It is a magic box after all. Yeah. <laughs> so then, when Kirk Cameron finds all that information, he contacts some guy in the government, the American government. I I guess i don't even know it the, doesn't matter th that guy uh, says like yeah uh, dirk burton was on to something he uh he knows information i can give you even more information you just got to come with me we'll go we'll set you up in a safe house blah 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 uh kirk cameron's like i don't want to go to a safe house but i do want that information so i will go with you um they kind of get separated for a moment the the informant gets blown up in his car the assassin has now blown up 
the uh, the informant's car. So now Kirk Cameron, he was close enough to the explosion that he gets like his kneecap busted up. It's bleeding through his pants, and so now he's like hobbling, and he hobbles all the way to the uh, the airplane pilot character's house. And uh, I was just laughing because it's like. Well, now that you've hobbled slowly to this guy's house, don't you think the assassin <laughs> would follow you? And maybe now you just put the pilot and his daughter in danger as well? That's funny. I never thought of that. I was too busy thinking about how the pilot, like, carried him over the threshold style to, to some, like, doctor at the church. And, uh, and then they bandaged him up, and then he immediately got up and started walking away. Like, like he, there was no reason for that pilot to carry <laughs> him no. um, but like that was that was one of my favorite parts too by the way like i wish i could get that whole vhs tape because uh when the uh um like one of the pastors or whatever like he was in the rapture um not the one that we mentioned earlier is a different guy but like he he filmed himself like like his last will and testament style it's like please play in case of rapture <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's what he wrote on the VHS. I'll like, explain <laughs> the rapture to you. Or you could just show up to the fucking church. <laughs> oh, but yeah, no, it's it's dumb. Like we we talked about like way too much on this. Like the best part was the fact that like the Antichrist had Jedi like powers and Yeah, he was he was pretending to be a real nice guy throughout most of the movie until that meeting where he busts out all these Jedi mind tricks, starts messing with everyone's head, and during that scene, he overacts like crazy. Yeah. And now he is, like, super villainous. So uh, why did he wait? Why did he wait until the UN meeting to, like, bust out his Jedi mind tricks? I don't know. Like, what was the point of that? He was like, trying to play ball politically until the very end when he realized he didn't need to do any of this. He could have just unleashed all his Jedi mind tricks and and have taken over instantly after the rapture. Like, was he always the Antichrist, or did he turn into the Antichrist? I don't know. He, he, and, then, and then afterward, I think he was always, but they don't establish it. And then, like, his big plan, uh, a thing that keeps reoccurring, but they never really establish it, because this, this movie is kind of like a pilot episode of a television show. Like, they want you to, to, to see more. It ends on sort of a cliffhanger. Like nothing is resolved. The the uh, Antichrist wants to build a giant temple right next to um, Mecca, which is, which they never use the word Mecca, but they describe it as such. Uh, the the holy site for uh, the Arabs uh, for the Muslim faith. They want to build a, a building right next to it. A Jewish temple. Yeah, a Jewish. Te yeah, you think that's gonna fly? <laughs> I, yeah. I don't understand. They didn't explain how that was going to be cool all of a sudden. Well, they they said that, like, several times. Like, the Muslims aren't going to approve of this, and it's just be all-out war and blah, blah, blah. Like, they kept bashing the Muslims, which I have a real big problem with. Like, again, I don't care what faith you are. Just, like, don't be a fucking bully. Like, quit quit dicking around the, the next guy. But fine. They, they established that they found, like, the real site for the the temple that they want to build and that just happens to be right next door we're just like oh sorry mecca you were only a few feet away yeah <laughs> nice try <laughs> yeah it was it was dumb so like like they uh they like want to build this building and and then like that's how kirk cameron like slowly pieces together that like the rapture is real and yeah it, it's dumb i 
I can't believe I'm going to say this. I want to watch the, <laughs> the next one. I, oh. I I kind of do too because it was uh, just nothing but build up. I I'm like I'm blue balled the entire yeah. time watching this movie. <laughs> I yeah, just want to well, see it end. That and that's that's something I want to watch the the others too, just because I know the next one. There was I can't remember. I'm not looking at the the summary right now, so I can't read it. But it was uh, like Kirk Cameron. Uh, he 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 forms some kind of tribulation force, is what they call it, which sounds very much like um, the Avengers or uh, you know like the Justice League. He uh, he forms his own uh, Christian group of freedom fighters who's going to fight Nikolai Carpathia. So I kind of want to see how he takes Nikolai down because yeah. you know what's going to happen. He's going to defeat the Antichrist. I would assume. Yeah. And the Antichrist. That's another thing we didn't talk about. He uh, his big goal is like we will build this temple and we will rule the world. I will be your god and you will be my kings and queens and we will rule an empire that lasts 7 years. <laughs> like really? Like when Hitler tried to take over the world even he said like this will like the third reich will last a thousand years. Like <laughs> shoot for a bigger number. I know it's like they're working with the numbers in the Bible, but maybe like uh. he could say a thousand years, and then you know God and Jesus and and Kirk Cameron defeat they stop him in seven. It. Yeah, exactly. They stop it in. But seven. that's his big goal. It's like seven years, <laughs> then I'm done. Well, we know that like the devil or the Antichrist or whatever is uh, it doesn't doesn't overshoot. <laughs> yeah, it was dumb. But uh, so I'm, we are gonna watch more. Uh, yeah, I I think so. And I I I want to. Um, just because, like I said, like I gotta bust my nut. I was blue balled the entire time watching this film. Well, that's the way Kirk Cameron wants you to be, <laughs> filthy homo. It's because of you that movies like this were made. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but like you mentioned earlier about like the whole Jewish temple, like again, like they were kind of like bashing on the Jews there too. Like, like I just I'm so sick of. Of like mine's better than yours, my religion or whatever it is is better than yours. Like I'm just, I'm I'm done with it. Well, I mean, I rightfully so in this world where the rapture has been proven to be true, uh, Kirk Cameron's character would then have a little cloud to say like, yeah, yeah. We were well, right. like you don't you don't have to like I don't know belittle them like let them come over to your side. That's the whole point, right? It's about freedom well, of choice. And maybe that's what tribulation force does. They, they're accepting. Is that all. their superpower? I don't know. <laughs> that they're super accepting. <laughs> oh man! Okay. Except for unless you're gay or you're, you know, whatever. Just go down the list. Well, yeah. you can be in tribulation force if you're gay, but you got to be in the front lines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways, I'm I'm gonna rate this a bad movie. What do you think? Yeah, I would say it's bad. It's um. It, it was easy to sit through. It was entertaining enough that we want to see how it ends. Yeah. We'll yeah, definitely we... watch the, the others then. I'll put them on the list. Yeah, we certainly, like, spent a lot of time talking about it. So if you, uh, you know, if you want to watch, like, the other ones, like, uh, stay tuned for more. I, I don't know what's wrong with you, but certainly, like, we have the disease, too. I don't know what's wrong with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's our uh, favorite clip of the show. The world's in danger, Buck. All of us. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dirk, just calm down. Just knock it down a couple thousand RPMs. What's the matter? It's Cawthorne. I got the file. He thought it was locked, but I got it. I got in. What do you know about Rosenzweig? 
Victor, what are you talking about? Don't you see? I'm Rosenzweig. The formula. Come see, 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 it's clear. What is? What is? The attack. The attack. The, the bombers exploding. The flights exploding. You see? See, it's all, it's all, it's all, it's all, it's all fitting together now. I see it. Because they've been behind this whole thing from the very beginning. The research grants. The, the, the trust funds. And then, and then there's the currency. That's the next step. You see, the, the, the dollar, the, the pound, the yen, the euro, they're going to make it all into one. One. And don't you see, Buck? Don't you see? It's always about the money, isn't it? What do you know about wife this way? Come on, he must have said something. Come on, come on, come on. Think, think, fuck, think! Okay, so Nikolai, that means he's Russian. He speaks in a Russian accent, but then they give him the last name Carpathia. Like, he's like, I, Nikolai, the scourge of Carpathia, the sorrow of Mordalvia, command you. <laughs> <laughs> Take down the Ghostbusters.